and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions to get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I'm still definitely very sick. That's accurate. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. So I'm trying to drink less caffeine, so I've had like massively less today than I normally would, but we're going to go out and have... Like I'm going to have an enormous Diet Coke as soon as we're done recording this, and I cannot tell you how excited I am about what's going to happen. <laughs> that doesn't indicate a problem at all. No. Joining wow. us all the way from Tennessee, one of the pastors at Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. I know I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but I'm, I'm really cold. Am I allowed to say that I'm cold? Uh, that depends. Was it seven degrees where you woke up today? <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't. It's not that you didn't hear the teen. It's that I didn't say it. It was seven. <laughs> I don't know. It's just freaking cold, man. It's freaking you are cold you here. are in a building that was built in the forties, so the insulation is not what it might be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's circle back. Okay. I have a, an illness. Yeah. It's probably I'm probably hovering near death. Probably, it's probably the bubonic cold. I'm handling it extremely well. <laughs> Clearly, and I like fashion. I don't think that we're giving that enough attention. You don't think the 20 minute emergency we did on that last episode was enough? Maybe not quite. That you ended know? with you saying it's not like I'm doing this and wanting extra attention. Yeah, no, I, I, I it's something about me getting attention for being sick. Would you like to give us a health update? Yeah, um, uh, body aches. Uh, okay. chills a scratchy throat um a general malaise okay uh ennui mm. now is i'm i'm sorry because sometimes you know the pronunciation now when you say did you mean malaise in the jimmy carter sense or general malaise and that you brawls are just erupting around you it, it, it both oh okay both <laughs> options so you're saying there's that a lot is of, a symptom then that's yeah. to be worried about a lot of fist fights while wearing sweaters right okay and uh, so I, I'm dealing with all that. Sure, which is a lot. Which is a lot. I mean, you know, you know, I'm dealing with malaise and malaise. Right. Okay. Right. Right. All around me. Right. And inside me, I have uh, germs uh, trying to attack my brain. Right. You know right. Did you saying? say you're engaged in germ warfare? Exactly right. Okay. <laughs> but I'm handling it very well. Yes. And I think that's what we should focus on is I'm being an inspiration, y'all. I think we need a montage, like an 80s montage yes. <laughs> of Glenn fighting his illness while right. kind of a piano-driven 80s power pop anthem plays yes. in the background. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know. A lot of punching meat. Yeah. Which yeah. may be where the illness control was originally contracted from. Yeah. You're not supposed to punch raw chicken. <laughs> I know we don't have a rocky budget. But. Yeah. All right. You done being an inspiration? Yeah. Yeah. But let's just keep our focus on that. Sure. Even as we go on to other things, let's, you know. It always be in the back of your mind. I'm inspired. Good job, Jeff. I'm going to get little ribbon magnets for the car. Yeah. There you go. I think all the good colors are taken, but we'll figure something out. Sure. All right, well, we had an email come in from our friend Matt Hayes. I believe he's in North Carolina. Who You've heard us uh, reference occasionally. We had, to, uh, we had to invent some verbiage for when Glenn doesn't really understand the podcast concept still because <laughs> we record a show and then upload it and you can download it and listen. Like all recorded media, Yeah, um, it's kind of the same function. Because you're, just you're hearing really, this now. Yeah. But we're recording it, but you're not hearing it as we record it. When right. are they hearing it, Glenn? They're hearing it in the future. I was really hoping I over-explained wow. it enough so that I would avoid that. Apparently not. It's but, beamed into the future, y'all. So sometimes you, the listener, are hearing this, but we're referring to something in your past. So we, right. But we have to designate that from talking about our past. Right. Because it may still be the future to us. It's beamed into the future, y'all. Sure. It's a conundrum, and <laughs> it's a, a, a space-time continuum. It's an anomaly. It's anomalously conundrumite. Wow. And what happens is we record it, and then Matt takes it, puts it in a machine, and that beams it into the future. Yeah, that's right. This is not happening. You're not hearing it when... You're probably listening to this in the year five thousand. <laughs> okay, 
<laughs> we don't. We don't. I, I, we don't know that's. We oh, don't know Andy that's Richter. not happening. No, I say the thing is, we're all a little sick. Glenn is the sickest by right. far. That's an important note. Thank but you. none of us had the throat left to try to do the in the year two thousand voice. <laughs> yeah. Though at least Jed and I both really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. No. You, probably people riding around on their jetpacks listening to this right now. Probably so. But this ain't. We're, we were promised jetpacks, Glenn. What you're hearing is the distant past right now. <laughs> right. We were recording this in the distant, distant past this, of. 2013 you're saying it's a time capsule cool christians in our present like read you know old chesterton stuff right 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 right. whereas the cool christians of the future right listen to this podcast as their version of that this right. is the hipster podcast are they going to gonna instagram to. first editions of our podcast oh yeah from a but starbucks christians Sweet. of the future what they listen to this this is like really traditional old <laughs> reserved christianity <laughs> yes like this is old there's no way stuff. that's ever going to happen <laughs> yes so there's a lot of quotes from gc fitzgerald exactly right <laughs> yes that's right mp king sure yes so i started reading an email about 17 minutes ago i'm gonna go back to that right I, i'm sorry i was so inspired i just i know it's, I it's lost hard the plot. To, you, you just lose yourself in the inspiration so our friend Matt wrote in this uh, this email. He says, so he's talking, we invented this kind of verbiage of the future past tense that we, so we could communicate about things that for us may not have happened yet, right. but for the listener, we certainly know have already happened. Right. So apparently he, uh, he noticed that uh, there's a new X-Men movie uh. called Days of Future Past. Whoa. Whoa. Wait a second. And he's wondering if there's a connection. Well, uh, in the sense that someone has ripped us off. Totally. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean. Well, now, I think on the basis of the certainly we've been ripped off, I think the only option we have is to declare emergency. An emergency. An emergency. Now, before before we go down this uh, wonderfully litigious road, yeah. uh, let's. I would like to point out that this big Hollywood studio movie. Right. So you can only assume that they started production and writing it and titling all that stuff year and a half, couple of years ago. Right. Right. We weren't doing this podcast at that point. Right. But you still think they stole from us? Here's what I'm trying to say. We beamed it into the future. When did they write it? In the future. Boom. Case closed. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I doff my cap, sir. You That's well what I'm done. saying? This I, is, I think the weaker your argument, the more you say boom, case closed. I can't <laughs> prove that, but I think that was a covering tactic. Hey, look, this is just science, y'all. Yeah, man. You science fact. Hey, this, this happened now. That happened in the future. Where's this podcast beamed into the future? That's just, look, you can't argue with math. <laughs> I think the only question left to ask is, what do we want in terms of damages? Correct. Yeah. Like yeah, we gotta we gotta score some of that sweet 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 cash. That's Hollywood money. That's not internet dollars. That's, that's real dollars. That's real dollar dollar bills, y'all. Yeah, nice Wu Tang <laughs> quote. Speaking of the yeah. past, <laughs> and I would never do that when I'm healthy. Yeah, no, for some reason. No, no it's yeah. bleeding through. <laughs> chug, chug, chug. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what this is making me think though is you know I'm thinking about the X Men movie. And I'm thinking some of y'all know, and it has to do with, with time travel, that we've had a lot of problems with Joel Osteen. Right. Um, you know, uh, Maybe well, he doesn't know we exist. That's a problem. I think the real thing is not to interrupt you, Joel. Not at all. I believe he has a problem with us. Well, totally. Absolutely. I'm, oh, I'm open to In the future. whatever. Well, I'm trying to be loving about it. Absolutely. Avid listeners of this podcast uh, will, of course, be aware that we've received threatening phone calls from uh, right. Pastor Osteen. Right. Um, and they uh, sounded like we just cut together clips of his sermon words. That's that not were what happened. Random words in his sermon. And that's just a crazy accusation. That's just, I don't, you know what? I think if you would think to make that accusation, you need to ask yourself, are you in Osteen's pocket? There you right. go. That's how wild of an accusation it is. Yes. Especially if you would make the accusation that one afternoon after uh, cooking out, Glenn and Jed and I had beer and went into Glenn's office and listened to a Joel Osteen podcast and cut it up to sound like that phone call. That would be outrageous. That's outrageous. I'm outraged. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I'm saying is Joel Osteen is out to get us. Right. All right. We have clear evidence he sent time-traveling cyborgs to the past uh, to disrupt this no podcast. No evidence. It's certainly not clear. 
Okay, those that, are just the facts. That's happened. Look, I'm not editorializing here. Right. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a newsman. I'm just trying to tell you what's occurred. Just bring you up like date. Sean Hannity is a newsman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Skip over. I was really hoping we were going to keep moving. I was really hoping we were going to keep moving. Don't take the bait. Keep going. Keep going. Okay, we'll keep going. Maintain. But here's here's what the whole thing makes me wonder: Is Joel Osteen okay? Right. Is it possible? Yeah. That the real Joel Osteen has been usurped. Wait a second. By a mystique like shape shifting ex person. Oh my goodness. And that's where all of this vitriol and anger and threateningness is coming from. You know what? That makes perfect sense. Doesn't it? That is the most logical thing I've ever heard. I think we need to ask is the future Joel Osteen actually a blue mutant who's a shapeshifter who has it out for us? I think it just lines up with the facts, Jed. It's hard to dispute. You can't argue with the facts. Occam's razor, well, the, the simplest a, explanation. Certainly. I think my man has it right. needs to be brought up. I'm going to do this on behalf of my married brethren on this show that I believe in these new round of X Men movies, Mystique is played by Jennifer Lawrence in a skin-tight bodysuit, and we're all against that. I hadn't noticed. It needs to be said. And uh, Occam is my favorite mutant X-Man. Okay. <laughs> he turns into a razor and cuts everybody up. <laughs> it was, it was the first draft of Wolverine, was Occam. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a real simple takeout, man. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the simplest yeah. He just, possible. He just, kinda, he just slits your, your vein, and that's it's it. It's one, uh, one of the spinoff books. That was also an excellent change of subject, getting us out of hot water. That's very right. nicely yeah, done. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm here for you, man. Here's what I'm saying. Here's what we got to figure out now, and I think it's Matt who wrote in to us. Yep. Um, I think Matt has done us a favor here. If we can restore the true Osteen right. instead of this shape-shifting mutant imposter. Which is definitely what's happening. Who's sending time-traveling cyborgs through a time rift in order to try and disrupt this podcast. Right. If we can restore the once-and-future Osteen yeah. um, to his rightful throne, uh-huh. maybe there's a little something in it for us. R- right. Whoa. This already sounds like a better plot for a movie than X Men Three. Well, hold on. I, I have a question though. Is this one of those things where you get you get both Osteens together, the Ridge and the uh, and the fake Osteen? Thanks for saving a lot of time by not adding that last syllable in original. <laughs> and I enjoyed you. it. And and uh, and then you ask questions that only the real Osteen would know oh, yeah. the answers to. And I, what I want to know is, what are some What's of those questions that we whitener? would have to pose to the two Osteens to find out which one we're really dealing this with This is going to get us in a lot what? of trouble. I have an idea. I have an idea okay. on this. Okay. Everybody knows that shape-shifting mutants present an imperfect copy right. of the thing that they're duplicating. Right. That's common knowledge. I don't need to tell any that's of just, you that. That's just basic logic. More science. <laughs> What I'm saying is science has never been able to find a more physically perfect object than Joel Osteen's teeth. Absolutely right. You're saying that's a shade of white that would be impossible to duplicate? That's what I'm saying. If we could put those two Osteens side by side, the shade of white on those chompers would be the dead giveaway. That's right, because that's a a shade of white that's not found in nature. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) So there, you would just have it right there. Those teeth have the glow of the anointing on them. That's how you know it's holy. That's how you know it's holy. Because I was, I was going to suggest that we threaten to chop his megachurch in half. <laughs> and, and see which one was opposed and to create right. two right. only slightly smaller megachurches. Exactly. And then we could find out, see, off of that. I just came up with that idea off the top of my head, y'all. Okay. Good luck, Matt King. I'm pulling this back together. <laughs> Somebody say emergency off. Emergency oh, off. Thank you. Our mutant powers are going off the rails. Yeah, Although I, I, will, I do want to say, I do want a t-shirt that says, in quotation, in quotations, it has to do with time travel with Jed Brewer's name underneath and the Say That logo on the back. Yeah. Sure, we're yeah. gonna get that. We're gonna corner the market on stuff that sounds like Doctor Who merchandise, but isn't really. <laughs> the, the, we're uniters, not dividers. Totally, that's how. I'm not that, comfortable being associated with that phrase. We're trying to just bring the people together. Absolutely, you know we we 
we don't want to be in this war with no. the mutant time traveling cyborgs sent by a Joel Osteen copy that's really a blue woman. Yeah, not at all. We, we don't we don't want to live in that world. Yeah. Okay. That's just that's just that's what we're having to deal with. Well, look, it's a universe crossover because we've said before that they're sending Terminator like robots back through time. Right. Those Whoa. are two very very separate universes. Right. And let's be honest, as most comic book fans are aware, most universe crossover series suck pretty bad. Right. We don't want to see this continue. Universe, this is hurting everyone. Universes are colliding. Y'all. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so we have to do something. Yes. We can't just take it. We got to do something. You're what we're asking, I think, you know, I've already declared emergency off, but I just want to say this. <laughs> we are imploring the blue woman fake mystique like Joel Osteen to release the real Joel Osteen back to the world and let the whiteness of his teeth illuminate us all. Amen. i will say at the end of that wow that was that went that went all the way there fitz i would i've now my greatest hope in life is that you know marvel does the the after credit sequences with their movies now i just want the next one to be a cliffhanger where it's the mystique character changing into joel osteen and then getting ready to step out on stage and then it fades to black yeah yeah that's all i want that's all doesn't seem like too much to ask all right lord christmas yeah that's good nice segue that's all i got folks lord you know this is this is terrible you know it's not terrible Christmas. christmas christmas is nice and pleasant unlike this sometimes you can only transition via opposites so, y'all know about our Bridgebox service. Tons of cool stuff for only $8 a month. You get videos, you get sermons, you get songs, you get Bible studies, devotionals, um, lots of cool stuff produced by all the people here on this podcast. You go to missionusa.com slash Bridgebox and sign up. It's only $8 a month, and that money goes to support what we do here in Chicago, which includes hiring folks who are coming out of jail and uh, out of addiction that's who we minister to, and actually, we've actually started a program where we get to hire them for a little bit of money, not much, but a little bit of money to do some part-time jobs for us as, as part of our service. We're just kicking that program off. We're very excited about it, and the only reason we can do that is because of folks like you who support Bridgebox. Amen. It's a huge thing. It's something no one else in the world of ministry is doing, and we're only able to do it because of you folks. So... If you want to sign up for Bridgebox, it's missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. You get a ton of cool stuff for yourself, and you support some awesome folks to do ministry. And if you sign up in the month of December, you'll get a free download of the six-song Bridgebox Christmas EP. you yes. got original songs from Jed, original songs from Lee, songs from our friends Haley and Zach from some Nashville. Some great Christmas carol action. Some awesome carols, some older hymns. Great stuff. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. If you're already a Bridgebox subscriber, keep a lookout on your inbox. That should You should actually probably already have that by the time this comes out. And if you sign up for Lee Younger Bridgebox, that's Lee's custom branded Bridgebox. Features a new song from Lee every month. Comes out on the 15th. You get songs from Lee, a little video. You get some stuff he's handpicked from that month's Bridgebox. So you get that same thing, $8 a month. A couple of bucks of that goes to us. Some of that goes to Lee to support what he's doing there in Tennessee with the same kinds of folks. You'll also get the EP if you sign up there. So either missionusa.com slash bridgebox or missionusa.com slash BBLY. If you want both for the low, low price of $12, you can send me an email at matt at missionusa.com. We have a custom link to send you. That is all the Ron Papil impression I have left. Nice. But wait, there's more. There's not actually. I just forgot to say that. Okay. Okay. All right, we're going to move on to a question here. If you have this all the way to the end, we'll give you a way to get in touch with this. First one came in anonymously at our Tumblr inbox. It says, Hello, I'm a mid-20s girl, and I have a slight porn affinity, which is my new favorite phrase, I yes. think. It started out as curiosity and has grown. It's tapered off these past few years as my relationship with Christ blossomed, but every few months I'll be searching it again. I have no one to turn to, and I know that this will hinder my future relationships. I've prayed and prayed, but my sinful nature is commanding this area of my life. I don't want to be like this anymore. Please help. Jed, can you kick us off? I can. And, darling, thank you very much for writing in. Um, we appreciate hearing from you. Um, we love you. We believe in you. And uh, I'm sorry that you're feeling down on yourself. Um, I'd like to take a look at a, at a couple of different things you said, because I, I think there's a few things we want to take a look at. The first is you said, um, I have no one to turn to. And I think that's one of the first things that we want to take a look at. Everybody needs in their life people that they can keep it real with. Um, people right. that they can talk to about the stuff that they're dealing with, the stuff that they're going through. 
And um, if you're in a place where you feel like, I just don't have anybody in my life that I can just be honest with, that I can just be open with, um, that's probably the first thing that we really want to take a look at. And let me be clear here, that's not about the porn thing. That's, that's just in life, because whatever struggles you have, um, you need to have people just that can, if nothing else, just be there for you and be praying for you. They can believe in you. They can lift you up and, um, you know, uh, be an encouragement to you. Um, so I'd encourage you, first and foremost, to, to start there, um, is to figure out um, who in, in my life am I going to try and cultivate a relationship with where we can be um, vulnerable with one another and we can encourage each other and lift each other up. The next thing is you said that you know that this, referring to porn, will hinder uh, your future relationships. I think we need to take a look at that because there's a lot of bad information floating around out there, particularly among Christians. Uh, The the first thing that we want to say is this. Um, If you have looked at pornography, which is true for basically everyone listening to this podcast ever, you are not impure. Uh, you are not broken, you are not fallen, you are not less than. Uh, what you are is a person with a sex drive and a high-speed internet connection. Um, and uh, none of this should be a surprise to anyone. Um, yes, it is possible to take um, pornography to a fairly extreme place where it, um, uh, having viewed it, does interfere with your future relationships. But that's a pretty extreme thing. Um, it's actually a lot harder to do than most Christians think. And um, you say in your message that you're looking at porn every couple months. You're actually not close to that. Um, at all, you're you're nowhere near it. The the one thing that kind of a very mild porn consumption, which is what you're describing, the the one way that could affect your relationships is to give you just an unrealistic sense of what sex might look like um, if you're if you're not a sexually active person. Uh, and there's an easy cure for that, which is as you look towards marriage in a committed relationship, is to talk through sexuality with um, your future partner. Uh, that that is a really a mandatory part of any engagement period uh, for Christians who are, you know, uh, about to get married. And um, if you start talking stuff out, it'll start to break down a lot of that unrealistic thing. But I'd like to add one more thing, and then um, uh, I'll pass it back to Matt. Um, is is it possible that porn is not the most pressing issue in your spiritual life? Um, I think that's worth looking at, and here's why. There are people who struggle with porn in a way where it is basically taking over their life. Um, you know, that's just kind of, that's what they're doing. Kind of just, you know, every spare moment, all day, every day. And um, for a lot of those folks, porn is the thing that they really, really need to find a way to get, you know, uh, some freedom from and make some headway on before they can really do much of anything else. And just so you know, um, most pastors that I know, if you said, think of a world where you look at porn only every couple of months, they would, they'd say that's the best thing that's ever happened. That would be a huge victory in my life. I think what you may be looking at, Don, is uh, more than a porn problem, what I think you may have is um, a sex drive and no outlet for it. I think that may be more the problem. And that we can do something about. We can start figuring out how to date, um, how to find people we would want to date, what it's like to go out on dates, how to cultivate relationships. Because we want to be very clear here, porn is a wrong thing. Uh, And now I've said that out loud and no one can say I didn't say it. But I think we oftentimes get confused about what's wrong about it. Um, And I I think what oftentimes happens is we think porn is bad because sex is bad, and that's where we want to hit pause. Sex is good. Uh, It's made by God. It's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing in the right context. It's a fantastic, wonderful thing, and God means for you to have that good gift in your life. Um, Porn is is wrong for reasons that have to do with... cheating yourself out of the good thing that God will want to give you, and it's wrong because it's exploitive yeah. to the other people that are involved. Uh, it's, it's wrong because it's a substitute. It's not wrong because it involves sex. It's, mm. it's not wrong because it's, it's sexual. It's, it's wrong because it's cheating you. God wants you to get to a place where you can have a good and healthy and fulfilling sex life. I right. think the question we want to ask is, are we walking in that direction? 
Are we moving towards healthy dating relationships? And if we're not, I think that answering those questions and figuring out how do we move forward in that area, that may be the far more pressing issue in life than figuring out how do I take my porn consumption down from where it's currently at. Right. Absolutely. Glenn? I agree 100% with what Judd's saying here. In fact, I'm really just going to you know, unpack some of the stuff that he's saying here. Um, I, I also was keying in on this, you know, hinder future relationships thing. Um, if it, uh, I, I'm trying to kind of figure out a way in which that might be true. And I think the only thing I can think of is if you are interested in having relationships with other guys, interested in having uh, a sex life of some kind, having a physical relationship with a member of the opposite sex, if that's something you're interested in, and for some reason you've complicated that too much from reading Christian books that complicate things, hello, or you've, um, you're chicken, which is another possibility, or you are super shy, uh, or any of these other reasons, if, if, if you've uh, for some reason had a desire and you've not acted on that desire, and you've gotten yourself to a place where you're lonely and your way of dealing with that loneliness is is porn then in that sense yes this is hindering those relationships because you're using porn as a substitute for something that you actually want but to that uh, same point if you were using your work as a substitute yes. it would be just as destructive exactly right and that's that's the whole point here is we can we can porn is one of those things that you get so much guilt going about it so much shame going about it it'll distract you from the, the as Jed is saying here the actual problem that's going on here the the thing that we need to actually focus on it's not that we uh, it, it, that it's you know so wrong and bad and this and that and it's a hairy sin and whatever other kind of things it it really has to do with the fact that um and and, and let's also say this for for ladies uh and porn loneliness is often a big piece of that pie there that's a big part of that that struggle so that the what we're looking at is if you are getting to that point of loneliness and you're using this instead of filling out a dating profile on a Christian dating website, uh, then yeah, you you are getting yeah. in a position where you're using um, porn in a way that would hinder, I guess you could say, future relationships because you're you're just not going that direction. The other thing you're you're talking about is your your sin nature uh, uh, being in control. And here's the thing about that is, uh, first of all, you sin nature's usually in control. That's, uh, you know, um, the, the Bible actually uses the same word in Greek for, uh, the word is sarx, but it's in, in, uh, that's, we translate that into sinful nature, but we also translate the same word into the English word flesh. Right. Uh, it's all, it, it, it's sort of this idea that, our human bodies don't have any morals to them. The desires we have have no, are not bound by any uh, 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 limitations of right and wrong or whatever. Um, so it means when I get hungry, my body doesn't insist that I eat something healthy. My body just insists that we eat. That, that's it. Uh, and uh, if my taste buds enjoy something that's unhealthy for me, my stomach has no objection to that. Sure, send it on down. That's that's just fine. There's I have to use sort of a higher brain function to uh, eat in a more healthy way. Well, it's the same thing here. It's not the desire that's unhealthy, and your your flesh will have a physical. You, you will have a physical right. desire for sex. Is that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing evil about that. There's nothing. Uh, that's that's inherently sinful in that desire, and that desire can be met in in obviously within a healthy Christian marriage and all that good stuff. So we want to move towards that. Uh, but I think what we what we've done with, with Christian dating is we've made it so complicated. We've created sort of this weird minefield of, and if you do it wrong, it'll be a terrible thing, and you'll have soul ties, and you'll be you know. It, we have to stop, pull up, and say. This, this stuff is simple. We're going to take it step by step. 
We're going to get involved in this process. We're going to learn as we go. There's no such thing as the perfect recipe for the perfect Christian marriage. What it is is two people engaged in learning as they go along, figuring it out as they go through it, getting some wise counsel from solid Christian couples that they know that can be honest with them about it. That's what we want to move towards. Uh, If you're using porn as a substitute for facing up to those changes, then, yeah, that's a problem. But it's not a problem because porn is super evil. It's a problem because you're avoiding uh, those changes and, and, and denying yourself of something healthy and good that the Lord wants for you. Absolutely, Lee. Uh, I love I love where these brothers are coming from as far as giving you the perspective of where does this need to be in the priority of of the things that I'm going after in my spiritual life and and I think that uh, that the the stuff that they're laying down is incredibly important for you to understand what you know where this needs to be in that in that list um, as far as just getting to the very last part of your of your question when you're saying I don't want to be like this anymore please help um, I think. I think a couple of things. Um, one thing you said in your question is, I've prayed and I've prayed about this. <coughs> and one thing that I'd like to push back on that with, and, and, I, and I say this because I have, uh, I've been working in, in youth ministry for a long time uh, with high school folks and with college folks. So um, I've, I've talked to a lot of, uh, of, of folks about this uh, issue is, my question would be, what are you praying? Okay. Um, because what I find a lot of times in counseling folks uh, about this issue, counseling guys about this issue in particular is that what, when they pray about their porn problem, when they want to stop it, which look, wanting to stop it, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Let's talk about it. Uh, When they pray about wanting to stop their porn problem, here's usually what their prayers are like. Lord Jesus, just take away my desire for porn. Yeah. Um, Uh, let me just be real with you. That's not that's not a very realistic prayer. Um, you you are a sexual being. There's a reason that you look at the stuff that you look at. There's a reason that you go after it. There's a reason that you want it. There's a reason that you desire it. Now, porn, as as Jed's saying, this is this is not the this is not the 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 uh, this is not the way that that you were meant to experience the the sexual being that God made you to be, but there's a reason that you like that stuff. There's a, there's a reason that, that you want to go after it. Praying that God would take away your sexual desire essentially is the wrong way to pray about this issue. Um, and why not instead, and this is kind of the, the, the way that I talk to guys about it and folks about it, uh, where we are is talk to God. When you pray about this, pray to learn about it. Yeah. Talk to Jesus Hello. and say, I did this thing again. And what I want you to do right now, obviously I want to be forgiven and I want to be close. And I know that because you died for me, I know I'm completely forgiven for everything. I know that I know that I'm accepted by you. So I know that there's nothing between us. I want us to be close. But I'm coming to you right now, not not because of that. I'm coming to you right now because I want you to give me wisdom on a couple of things. Why did I do this? Um, what was I really looking for? Yeah. And the yeah. next time I'm in this situation, could you please provide for me a, a, another way for me to handle this very real sensation that I have? So for, for you know, Glenn and Jed are saying for a lot of gals, porn has to do with, uh, with loneliness. And um, for a lot of guys, it has to do with all kinds of things. It has to do with it. Uh, a lot of guys, they get triggered into porn when they feel a sense of failure. Yeah. They get triggered into porn when they're bored. They get triggered into porn for a million different reasons. And so they get triggered into porn when they feel rejected. Um, and, and so what we want to do is we want to go to Jesus and, and just praying like, Lord Jesus, make something happen that, that just takes me so emotionally over the edge that I'll never want to do this again. And that's not realistic. Rather, go to him and say, I did this thing again. And what I want to do is I want to learn why I did this. I want you to help me to figure out what's going on in my brain and in my heart that I want to do this. And I want a good, I want a, I want a good, healthy response for that emotional thing, whether it's loneliness, whether it's rejection, whether it's failure. I want a good way to handle that emotion, a healthy way, an active way, a good actionable thing that I can do the next time I feel that way. Now, 
I want to circle back around to the very first thing Jed said, which is, and this is so key and it's so important, which is you have got to have some friends in your life who can help you with this. Amen. You got to have some friends in your life that you are willing to risk being vulnerable with, that you're willing to risk talking to about this so that, so that when you do have something you need, you know, you feel you you feel vulnerable or you do mess up and you just need to talk to somebody that they won't judge you and they'll come alongside you and they'll pray for you the right kinds of prayers because praying about it is is it's a good instinct but we need to make sure we're praying about the right thing the last thing i want to say about this is is that you need to celebrate uh the victories that you have had in this like jed said you're you're way above the line on a lot of folks. Okay. And so what I want to, I want to say this last piece, and this is, this is for all my brothers and sisters out there who are struggling with pornography from time to time and want to stop. If you have gone a couple of months and you haven't looked at any pornography and then you stumble and please hear me loud and clear, you are not back at square one with your porn problem. Yeah. You have had Amen. a couple of months of really, really working this thing out, really, really growing. And if you stumble and fall, that does not take you back to square one. You're not back at the beginning. You're still you. You can learn from it and move forward. So celebrate those victories and pray. Yes, pray like crazy about it, but pray to learn so that yeah. you can get some wisdom on how to handle this next time. Yeah, it's absolutely a great point. I'll tack on one thing on the end here that I, I think Lee is dead on with. Prayer is good. What are we praying for? If your strategy is praying for more willpower, yes. you will fail. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Willpower is not the answer. I, I wrote a reply to this on the blog. and uh, Which is good and people should read. Using more willpower is like saying, well, pouring a cup of gasoline on this fire didn't put it out. Right. I'll pour a gallon on. <laughs> right. Yeah. The amount will not change the fact that you're using the wrong thing. So prayer is great. Pray for the right thing. That's absolutely awesome point. All right, we'll move on to our next question here. It came in anonymously at our Tumblr as well. It says, I don't really understand what praying for other people does. Like, I understand that when I pray, the process changes me and helps me grow closer to God. But when I pray for other people, what actually happens? Do they grow closer to, or do they get peace, or maybe their heart softens for God? Also, what about praying for non-Christian family or friends to know God? I just don't understand how this works. Thanks. Glenn, can you start us off? Absolutely. I have. I don't know exactly what happens because uh, I'm not up there. Uh, watching. You're not invited to those meetings. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm. You know, I'm not going to uh, try to. Uh, you know, tell you a whole lot about that. Um, but here's here's the 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 way I want to try and help this take shape in your mind. See, I think. Um, I think what we, and oddly, this sort of dovetails with what Lee was just talking about. When when we're praying, what we're initially doing is gaining understanding, and that that has to do with uh, under. If we're praying for someone else, that's about understanding more of what they're going through, seeing things from their perspective. If you're going to the Lord and saying, uh, "This is a person I know." They were going through a hard time. They're going through a tragedy. This is what they're feeling. This is how they're experiencing it. Lord, help them with this. You're gaining an understanding within yourself off of that. Um, uh, God, of course, already understands that. But you're sharing that and you're venting that in an emotional way, and that's good. And you're you're giving those burdens to the Lord and saying, Lord, um, I'm worried about this person. I'm upset about this situation. Let me give that concern to you because I know you're more concerned than I am. I know yeah. you're smarter than I am about it. I know that you're going to do stuff about it, and I I can't carry around all that worry and, and concern and, and whatever. I have to give that over to you, let you be in charge, and let you call those shots. But I, got, I just got to tell you about what I think about it because it's got me overwhelmed and got me upset and all that good stuff. But all of that gives you a sense of a perspective on what they're going through, right? That's You're seeing stuff through their eyes. That gives you understanding. Uh, the second thing that's going to happen when you're praying for these other people is that you're going to gain wisdom, okay? And wisdom is when you see things from God's perspective. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, one of the hardest things for people to get a hold of. There's a lot of people out there that want to get Bible knowledge. Uh, they want to get a lot of, uh, you know, book learning going. 
but seeing things from God's perspective, and again, that's that's what wisdom is. That's the definition of that word, seeing things from God's perspective. Um, getting God's wisdom on this situation uh, will, A, be very key for you dealing with your own emotions on it, but B, it will be extremely important for you to be helpful to that person in some sort of way. By seeing things from God's perspective, you'll have a piece about it. You'll have a sense of how he feels about it. Uh, if you pray and, and, and you say, my it's driving me crazy and it, it just hurts my heart that my friend is going through this, and if the Lord comes back to you and says, it hurts my heart too, well then, okay, we know something. We've, we've figured out a little bit of whatever. If the Lord comes back to you and says, I know it looks bad, but it's about to change, then we figured something out. We, we know how to act in the situation. We have a sense of how to to uh, approach this other person. So uh, you're absolutely right that prayer transforms us in that way. Uh, in terms of what God does with that, uh, you know, we've got Bible verses that indicate that, you know, that our prayers do um, move the Lord, that, that he cares about the stuff that we care about. Um, but I think you're absolutely right to put that focus on yourself. And the final thing I'll, I'll mention is a phrase we use a bit on the podcast, uh, uh, when we talk about uh, getting a burden of love for someone. And that's mm. that's a big part of what the Lord wants to do with us in prayer is um, there are people in our life that the Lord uh, intends for us to reach out to, to encourage, to lift up. And he gives us that burden of love. He gives us that that little squeeze on our heart where we just feel for them and we we just want to do or say something. So if we pray that through and get that understanding of seeing things from their viewpoint and we gain that wisdom by seeing things from God's viewpoint in that prayer time, then we'll have a sense of how we might be able to help them, how we might be able to encourage them in that walk. So we, we're going to act on that burden. Uh, that's what all this prayer time stuff uh, should be about for us. Uh, if we're going to the Lord and, and expressing our raw emotions about that, giving those things over to him and receiving this perspective, then I think uh, we're in the best shape to help him uh, fulfill that mission. Absolutely, Lee. Um, I, man, I love I love what Glenn said there. I, I think it's awesome. I, I I definitely feel like, you know, sometimes you guys that listen to the podcast write in and ask us questions, and and it's because you're like, man, I'm in this situation. I don't know what this is, and and sometimes because of our ministry experience and stuff like that, we're able to say, great, I'm so glad you asked. The Lord's taken me through that. Let me show you your way through that. When I look at this question, I feel like I'm on your side saying, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know what happens. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know how this works. It's this is this is deep mystical stuff. This is God at work here in, in, in ways that we can't understand. Like Matt said, I'm not invited to those meetings. But uh, the only way that I can really answer this question is to say that I can, I can tell you from my own experience that sometimes when I pray, it feels like nothing happens. I'm just being honest. Sometimes when I pray, it feels like nobody's listening and I feel like nothing happens. There are other times that I pray about something and my spirit, you know, like I'm agitated, my heart's pounding, I'm upset. And then for some reason, as soon as I turn my heart to the Lord, I know these brothers know what this feels like too. As soon as I actively turn my heart and my mind to the Lord, I can feel myself getting more peaceful about that situation. I, just just turning to Him. Um, sometimes... Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm praying to him for something and, and just it's, there's a clear kind of feeling about, yes, this is the next thing. So sometimes that's the kind of stuff that happens. Sometimes nothing seems to happen. Uh, as far as I can tell you some other sweet stuff, uh, one, there's a place in Romans chapter eight. It's one of the coolest places in the scripture that says that when you pray for stuff, sometimes we don't even know what to pray. We don't even know what to say, but that the Holy Spirit is praying along with us with groanings that are too deep for words, almost kind of like supplementing our prayers and saying what needs to be said, what might be lacking in our prayers. He's, he's with us. He has our back. He's, he's, he's adding to what we're praying. There's a place later in that chapter that says that Jesus always intercedes for us. How amazing is that to know that Jesus is praying for you? In the middle of the stuff that you're going through, one time, y'all, uh, my my daughter 
Nora, who's seven years old now, one time she had a stomach flu and uh, I was up all night with her and uh, she couldn't sleep. She was sick all night long. And, uh, and at one point I thought she was asleep and I went over and asked her for about 40 minutes, went over and asked her, how you doing? And she said, she said, you know, I don't feel good. And I said, were you able to sleep at all? And she said, no, I, I can't sleep. But she said, but I did want you to know daddy that I've just been praying for you and your work. And the stuff that you do, I've just, just the time that I, that I've tried to sleep, I've just been praying for you. And I don't know what to do with that man, except that was the coolest moment that's ever happened in my entire life. (laughs) Sometimes when you find out a a pure sweet heart is praying for you, it changes everything. Uh, I don't, I don't know how to explain, I don't know what prayer does, except that some of the coolest things that have ever happened in my mind and my spirit and my life have happened as a result of people uh, turning their heart to the Lord, crying out to him, the Holy Spirit somehow getting behind that, Jesus getting behind it, hanging out with God. I don't know how to explain it. Sometimes it doesn't feel like anything. Sometimes it's the feels like the entire universe moves. And so, uh, yeah, that really, I'm with you on this. All right, Jed. Well, y'all have heard a bunch of really good stuff. Here's the, the last piece that I would add, and Glenn talked about this, is... Going to the Lord and, and, you know, venting out, here's how I feel and here's the deal. But then asking, Lord, what's what's my piece in this? Is there anything at all that you're looking for me to do in this? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what I mean. Um, you know, when something awful happens, you know, uh, uh, we just had a, a rash of tornadoes come through the area of the United States that we live in and devastated towns. Um you can pray, and, and praying is really good um, for all the people that were hurt by it, but you can also donate to the Red Cross, um, and that is also very good in a different way. And um, the thing that I'm often going and asking the Lord is, practically speaking, boots on the ground, what's my role here? What's mm-hmm. what's the thing right. you're asking me to do? And that's, you know, when you love somebody, I think you feel compelled to, to ask that question. Glenn was talking about burden, and I would agree with that totally. You know, when you love somebody and you see them going through a hard time, I, I, you know, uh, I, I think it makes sense to go to the Lord and say, you got to give me something. You yeah. got you got to let me do something yeah, here. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, sometimes the Lord says, it's not your fight. Right, you know, right, this right. is, you know, you know I, I hear you. I'll take care of it. But it's not it's not your fight. But a lot of the time, the Lord has a piece um, for you to play. You know, a thing, uh, and it might not look like much, um, but that doesn't make any difference. There's a piece for you to play, and then it's about playing it. But I'll tell you this. If you get into the habit of going to the Lord and, and venting out, here's how I feel and here's what I want to see happen and I'm mad and I'm upset on their behalf and I'm concerned. And Lord, you know, is there anything at all you have for me to do here? Is there a role you have for me to play here? And then if you will get in the habit of being still and listening for, for the Holy Spirit to tug on your heart and, and direct you to go a certain um, uh, a path with that, you, A, um, you are doing what very, very few Christians ever actually do, right. but B, you will change the world. If you just get into the habit of saying, here are people that I care about that are hurting, and here's how I feel, and the Lord, I'm going to be still and ask, do you have anything for me to do? You will change the world. Because what you're going to start finding is the Lord will say yes a lot, and when he says no, well, I think what you're likely to hear is, I've got this situation, but let me show you this other situation that you haven't thought of um, where I definitely have something for you to do. And I think that's the key thing, man. I think when we ask about prayer, a lot of times we feel powerless, Um, We feel like there's a situation that I can't live with, and yes, I can go to God and and say, please do things here, but I don't know if he's going to do anything with it or not. I don't know he's he's God. Um, But if you get in the habit of asking and then listening on the question, God, what's my role here? What do you have for me to do? Man, you'll never regret that. It will it will change your life for the better, and it will change other people's lives. Um, You know, I can tell you I am the person I am today because other people did that about me. Um, other people had the courage and the tenacity to go to the Lord and say, I see this Jeb Brewer guy. Do you have anything for me to do to help that guy? And then they listened. Um, if you can do that for other people, you'll change the world, I promise you. Amen. That's absolutely a great point. I will just add on to the end of this here. You heard a lot of great stuff. I just want to cut to the uh, add one little point here that uh, it's absolutely right that we don't know what praying for other people does. By the way, nobody does. If someone's claiming to know how prayer works, they're lying to you. <laughs> but one thing that the Scripture is very clear on is that you should do it, even yeah. though you don't know how yeah. it works. Jesus prays for people. In John 17, he prays for uh, 
his earthly disciples. He prays for all his future disciples. That includes you. Um, so the God himself somehow talks to God about a thing without knowing what's going to happen. So that's important. Uh, in a lot of Paul's letters, he ends them with prayer requests. Paul knew this theology thing backwards and forwards, pretty much in a very literal sense, wrote the book on Christian theology, didn't know, didn't ever explain how prayer worked. There's no reason to know that he knew that, but he knew that pray, people praying for him was important. So sometimes that's just how this whole faith thing works. We don't yeah. know how it works, but we know it's important to keep doing it. All right, we're going to move on to our last question here. It came in anonymous with our Tumblr. It says, social media, good or bad? I'm a youth group leader, and I've never been more frustrated with kids because I'm trying to teach a lesson. At least half of them are burying their cell phones and iPads and whatnot. Do I fight it, or is there a way to effectively harness that for good? Lee, can you start us off? Yeah, uh, there's a couple different ways I'll answer this question. The first is, uh, let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. If you're if you're dealing with middle school kids, just uh, they're... <laughs> It's a totally different landscape, man. Middle school kids—they don't have the—they don't have the the maturity to to be able to handle certain things the same way that high school kids or college kids do. Uh, when I'm dealing with middle school kids, I just take the stuff, just take the phones, put them in a bucket, and put them on the side of the room, and then do your thing. Okay, but let's go back to the question now with middle school people out of the way, which is to say, social media good or bad? And look, I, I appreciate the question, but I feel like Christians are always trying to do that. They look at a thing and then react. Do we like this or yeah. do we not like it? Um, here's here's what I would say to social media, good or bad. You know, f- cell phones in the in the Bible study, good or bad. What I would say is be better than their phones. Yeah. Um, what, whatever yeah. S- service you're providing, the Bible study, you know, lesson that you're providing, be more compelling. Be better than uh, than Instagram, than Snapchat. Be be better than the stuff that they're looking at there. Look, kids are going to look at their phones sometimes, and it's fine. M- you know, my goal is. I, I want to do something that is, uh, that's more compelling. I'll, I'll tell you this, the stuff that I'm talking about is way more important than the stuff that they're dealing with. Hopefully the stuff that you're trying to talk about is, is this, is in the same boat, way more important. Now I, I want to break down what I was saying there, because, uh, for a lot of people, if I say be better, you know, be, be better and more compelling and, and just better than, than Twitter and whatever, some people are going to say, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not very good. Maybe I'm not gifted enough to do this. I, I should run and hide and never do ministry again. I'm not talking about giftedness. I'm not talking about uh, the, the, your ability to be a public speaker. Here's what I'm talking about. And it's a, it's a ministry principle that if you've listened to the podcast a lot, you've heard Glenn talk about before, which is, um, <clears throat> and maybe it's been a while since we've talked about this particular one. But that is that when we're dealing with people in a ministry perspective, we always start with their felt need. The thing that they are struggling with, the thing that they feel is a problem in their life, the thing that they feel is an important thing, what are they going through? We want to speak to that thing. If you just start talking about Bible verses, well, if if it doesn't have anything to do with where where they are, then they're going to, of course, pull out this magical machine that's in their pocket that has the entire world and all their friends connected to them and and go there. But if you can figure out because you spend enough time with them and because you care about them and because you're constantly praying about them and stuff like that, if you can care about the stuff that is really on their heart and you can speak into that stuff, I'm not talking about being a gifted public speaker. I'm talking about right now in that moment, you're keying in on the thing they care about more than anything. You're better than the other stuff. And so I would, I would say, be better than that stuff. Get to know your kids. Get to know the people that you're dealing with and get to know what they're going through and then find a way to speak to that need. Um, I'll give one little practical thing that I've been doing lately in, in the Bible study that I have here with, with high school folks. It's a little thing that I call the one quick thing, which is I've got a big lesson that we're going to deal with, a big Bible study lesson that we're going to deal with. Before we ever deal with that, I've got a three to five minute just quick thing that I'm going to do from the scriptures. Here's something quick that you that that maybe you haven't thought about in a while, and it's going to speak to felt need, but it's going to be so fast, and it's going to be fun, and we're just going to deal with it. I'm going to say it, say it quick, and then get out, in and out. And, uh, and it's been one of those things. It's, it's been, it's been a helpful thing. It helps kids, you know, it's quick. They can pay attention. They can, they can get out even if they, and I always tell them, look, even if you think the next thing that we do is super boring and you fall asleep, Hey, you're going to get something out of this one quick thing. So that's, that's where I would uh, start out on this thing. I'll throw it back to Matt. Absolutely. Jed. 
Well, brother, we appreciate you writing in and uh, appreciate the work that you're doing. I certainly agree with everything that, that Matt had to say. I'll tell you a couple things. First is, this isn't new. Um, there's right. a temptation to feel like, oh, it's with the newfangled technology and the Twitters and the iPads, but this isn't new. I'll tell you why I say that. Um, we uh, do a lot of work behind bars and, and in Cook County Jail here in Chicago. There are a lot of gangs, and the thing is, um, gangs, at least some of them, will come to chapel services as a place to do business, because they can all be in right. the same room, and the term they use is flying kites, sending messages back and forth, and you know, doing that whole thing, and... Um, uh, you, you mean uh, written messages? Yeah, written know. messages back and forth. They're passing them, you know, back and forth through the through the room. And um, when you first walk into that room and they don't know who you are and whatnot, none of them have cell phones. But believe this, they're ignoring the heck out of you. Right. I mean, you know, there's conversations going on, people passing notes, people talking. No one is paying any attention to you at all. So there's no social media, but people are still completely capable of being distracted. Well, how do we deal with that? We do a couple of things. First thing that we do is we show respect to them. Um, you know, one of the phrases that um, uh, gets used here on the streets of Chicago a lot is uh, you show respect to get respect. Um, you know, uh, uh, we make it clear we're here because we care about you. Um, we're here because we believe in you. Uh, we're here because we know that you have a desire to learn a little bit more about this Jesus thing, and we want to be able to, to hook that up. And we're asking, um, since we're showing you respect, uh, we're asking that you show us respect by um, uh, giving us your attention just for the next couple minutes while we work this thing out. And here's what I'm telling you is I've never had any hardened gang members have any problem with that at all. Makes, makes perfect sense to them. But let me be very clear about what I'm doing there. I'm starting by showing them respect. Right. I'm not walking in saying, I'm the chaplain, so right. you should respect me. Right. I'm not, because that, that's not going to work. Because they hate Thurston Howell III, and that wouldn't go well. Absolutely. <laughs> what you got, brother? No, no, that's it. Um, I'm starting by showing them respect. Well, if you can dig it, I know it might sound a little weird. You should start by showing respect to the kids in your youth group. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. And the way that you live that out, one of the things that Lee is saying is totally true, is talk about stuff they care about. Um, but make it clear, I'm here for you. I'm here because I love you. I'm here because I believe in you. I'm here because I want to see you get where you're going. Um, I want to get into what matters to you. That's that's why we're here. You start by showing respect. But then it's no problem to ask for respect. Say, oh, I want to stay. We're just going to talk for the next 10 minutes. I'm just asking, give me attention for the next 10 minutes because I know you're serious about this Jesus thing. I know, you, I, I know you don't have to be here. I know you're here because you want to learn more about this. I respect that. Asking, give me your respect just for the next ten minutes. And it's so fun. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. If I could break in for just a second, uh, yeah. one of the things I love about the way that you guys do your prison ministry and the way you guys do all your ministry, and the same thing works in high school ministry or college ministry. The same thing works because it works with people. Is yeah. that if any of if any of our podcast listeners saw you guys at the bridge or saw or were able to see you in a chapel service. One thing that I guarantee you every single one of them would walk away saying is, man, these guys, Jed and Glenn and Matt, they're really mushy with their guys. Like they really are over the top with expressions of love and affection and support. And, uh, you know, and for a lot of people in suburban youth ministry, they would feel weird going into that room and saying, hey, we want you to know that we love you. But I mean, that's one thing that I, I do not leave we do not leave the room on Sunday night without me saying to everybody in there with my eyes open, with me looking people in the eye, we love you. We're here because we love you. And if you need to talk or you need any help, make sure you come and find us because we love you. And that's, that's one thing I love about the way you guys do things. And it works with anybody. That works with old people. It works with young people. It works with anybody just to go ahead and be, because some people, and especially with, you know, in youth ministry and what you're talking about, some people do not have anybody in their life who's brave enough to say out loud, I love you. Yeah, absolutely. And it gets it done. Absolutely. So yeah, man, absolutely. You know, show that love, speak it out, tell them what the deal is, ask them, you know, say, hey, man, let me have your attention just for the next 10 minutes. We're gonna keep it brief. We're gonna just break this down. Um, you know, you'll have some people that'll still be on their phone, but you can be cool about that. I, I bet right. you'll find a lot of people be cool. With it. Uh, but two more quick things. The first is, um, uh, if you want to connect, you're gonna have to do things differently from the senior pastor in your church. Uh, you right. can't go in there with a talk about Habakkuk. Because uh, right. this is the thing, nobody cares about Habakkuk. Right. No one in history has ever cared about Habakkuk. 
It's a historical know if fact. Habakkuk was really that self-involved. He wasn't really into himself. Um, if if you want, you know, if you want to be heard, talk about stuff that matters to them. Just like Lee is saying, talk about sex, talk about drugs, talk about the future, talk about problems at home, talk about what do I do when my parents get divorced. Talk about stuff that matters to them. And as as Lee was just saying, that works in every ministry environment. Right. Figure out what's important to the people you're talking to and talk about those things. Last thing, um, you say, is there a way to harness? Um, social media for good oh heck yes if you're a youth ministry person today you should live on social media because those kids are chronicling their lives their thoughts their emotions their hopes their dreams on facebook and tumblr and twitter i'm telling you right now dude if you spend an hour a day scanning the social media presence of your kids you will be able to give them a talk on sunday that will blow their minds you'll be right on target how does he know right how does he know (laughs) dude seriously i'm not i'm not making this up i was yesterday i'm looking at a tumbler of a a young guy i've been working with he's a good dude but i'm just looking at you know the last seven days of stuff he's posted i know everything i need to cover with him the next time i sit down with him i I know what his deal is i know what he's struggling with i know what he's afraid of i know what he's hopeful about i know he's concerned about and the thing is this is an incredibly useful tool in your life if you will scan the 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 social media presence of the young people you're working with and kind of just read between the lines here's what they're into here's what they're not into here's what you know they hate here's what they like dude you can give a message that will blow their doors but you got to leave out the habakkuk in order to do that and you got to leave out the idea that because you're the youth pastor they have to respect you absolutely show respect to get respect tell them that you love them be mushy read their mail by going on their social media and seeing what their deal is and then talk about that uh, break it down set them free and believe it they will be more interested in you than the cell phone amen i'm very uncomfortable the way jet always picks on habakkuk (laughs) (laughs) i like habakkuk Habakkuk has feelings (laughs) habakkuk has an opinion uh, yeah, let me uh, kind of, because uh, I love all this that we're, we're covering here, and you're hearing a lot of ministry experience answering this question. So let me kind of take this uh, uh, moving forward. Thing number one is uh, anybody who wants to do any kind of public ministry, any kind of a group ministry, always control the environment. Yeah. Yep. Always, 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 always. If I'm doing, a, uh, even if I'm doing like a guest speaking gig, I will get in there early, look at the lighting, look at where's the podium, where's the microphone, what's the setup. I will, uh, I will move stuff around and rearrange it to the extent I'm able. Uh, I, I everything about the environment of the ministry, uh, it will affect one way or another what's going on there. Uh, I, you know, so for example, I would much rather be in a small room where we're all wedged in there than be in a big, big, giant room where we're all spread out from one yeah. another. Yeah. Just simple little differences like that. It makes a meeting a lot more intimate, a lot more close. So uh, everything about the environment is important. And if you look at that and say, well, you know, the, these kids are just being distracted by this. They don't want to be disrespectful. They're just, they got a phone call or, or a text or something. They just glance down to see what it is. And then they, oh, well, let me just quickly say this, or whatever. And then they're drawn into a thing. And, you know, and, you know, they're, they're used to having about five things going on at once. That's the nature of social media. Uh, and uh, what they need is a break and they need to get away from that kind of stuff. So if you give them an opportunity to do, to do that by confiscating their stuff or whatever it needs to be, you know, everybody put it in airplane mode or whatever that is, then, you know, I think, uh, then, you know, we're, we're going to all benefit by that. Uh, but I think you absolutely should be teaching these kids to be a witness online. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, uh, you know, that there's an opportunity to do that and to, to use, um, to, to use online posting as a way of, learning how to express stuff about the Lord. So everybody starts uh, a Tumblr and um, it's anonymous and whatever. And we're all going to uh, post, we're all going to follow each other. And then we're all going to post our thoughts on this Bible verse or whatever. 
uh, or here's how here's how we construct a post that might minister to a person who's having this particular struggle. Um, uh, you know, imagine that we all have a friend that's dealing with such and such, and how would we answer that? We're going to put that into a blog post, for example. But teaching them to work that out, teaching them, you know, ministry principles and Bible verses that would apply and how to get into that, you can tell them a whole lot about ministry, and it's a great environment to express that because, you know, it may not be doing damage, and it's sort of a, a you know, doesn't have all this interpersonal politics and whatever. So it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity. But in order to, to teach them all that stuff, you have to figure that out for your own self. You need to be, as Jez is saying, you need to be involved in social media. You, we read social media stuff all the time. We're, we're trying to do what we can to learn from that stuff. Same thing for you. If you figure out a way uh, to to get involved in social media yourself and minister to people online, you'll be able to show them how to do the same thing. That sounds a great point. I want to tag just a couple of quick, very, very practical things on here. One of which is You've gotten the text in the middle of the meeting and looked at your phone, so don't fully freak out on everyone. Right, right. you got to have a little <laughs> yeah. grace on that. Uh, but that, that pulls to is I want to expand a little bit on what Glenn was saying about controlling the environment. Here's the thing. Even if you think that everyone should know not to be on their phones all the time and the kids are being rude, if it's your meeting, it's your responsibility to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't say, guys, please don't look at your phones, then you can't blame them at all, even Absolutely. a little bit. They're Absolutely. kids. So you got to be comfortable being in charge and acting as if you were the person who was in charge, which I know a lot of especially volunteer youth ministry that's not really drilled into you. And it's there's kind of who are you to say and who be, be yeah. cool. And actually, this is not the most practical thing for some of you folks. But the way we handle that in a missional environment, especially the one we're in, is, hey, if you if you want to be on your phone during the meeting, you probably just don't want to be in the meeting. And that's cool. We're not right. mad. We, you know. But uh, there's a concept of preaching them down, which is yeah. we want the folks who are serious. Now, a lot of folks in church ministry, if you pre- preach them down, you would be fired for that. But mm-hmm. if you make your announcement and say, hey, look, guys, come on, let's focus down. I'm doing you do your best to have something that's approachable and applicable to their lives. And some people are still looking at their phones. Sometimes those maybe focus on the kids who aren't looking at their phones. Sometimes that's a lot more effective than focusing on the thing that you perceive as going wrong and rolling with what's going right. But as all these guys said, it's up to you to uh, cater your lesson, to be uh, personable, and to uh, set the environment. All right, we appreciate you listening. Just remember, if you want your free six-song Bridgebox Christmas EP, you can sign up for either Bridgebox or Bridgebox Lee Younger. That's missionusa.com slash Bridgebox, missionusa.com slash BBLY, or email matt at missionusa.com to get the link to get both for only $12. Thanks for listening. If you want to get a hold of us, say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Fighting blue Osteen shapeshifters since 2012. Ha, 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 ha.